Welcome to the Everglow, starring your host, Neil B., where we're going to talk about how to live happier, work less, and travel cheap. Law of attraction secrets from an empathic lawyer who travels the world to escape stress and find answers to life's greatest questions. Visit us online at neilbartia.com. That's N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A.com. And check us out on Twitter and Instagram with the same at Neil Bartia. Welcome to the latest podcast starring me, Neil B, where today we're going to be talking about how to eradicate emotional terrorists from your life. Let me start with a little joke. What comes from outer space and has three balls? E.T., the extra testicle. (laughs) All right, cut me some slack. When I first heard that joke, I was like 11 years old in Ottawa, and I laughed my ass off. Now let's get back on track, shall we? Have you ever asked yourself why you've ever suffered despite having done everything right? After having an ultra-stressful week, thanks to certain bottom-feeding scumbags that I had mistakenly allowed into my business circle, I had an epiphany that I'd like to share with you. Fortunately, it only took me three decades to get to this conclusion, but it's an important one. If you've been experiencing any suffering whatsoever, I urge you to read on and listen on so you can start feeling good again. Take control of your feelings and live an amazing life free from pain. I'll start with my own story. Generally, I've always done things right in life. I was born with intelligence and logic. Hey, that's just my opinion. And in addition to that, I spent years in school, always at the top of my class, never getting into trouble. I always follow the law have never been charged with a crime, and have never even received a speeding ticket in my entire life, and I drive a lot, believe it or not. Financially, I'm very conservative with my money, and I save well. On the health side, I exercise regularly, and I eat an ultra-clean diet. Sure, I live in America, and those hamburgers are bloody tasty, so I do indulge here and there. But generally, I eat an ultra-clean diet, and I have a clean bill of health. I'm very close with my parents, and I have a group of amazing friends. Despite all this... I found that there has been suffering in my life. When I say suffering, I'm referring to any pain, anguish, or stress. Basically, any negative feelings that I've felt. I realized there was a clear disconnect as this equation didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense to me that I experienced suffering when I was doing everything quote-unquote right. I had to get to the bottom of this conundrum. Don't get me wrong, my life's been pretty good. I've gotten to travel around the world, I had a great upbringing, and I think I lived what some would call a privileged life. I'm not from Beverly Hills or anything. I grew up next to a cow pasture in Ottawa. But more importantly, I've never been the one to live a glass half empty kind of life, ever. When things have gone wrong, I've always blamed myself because at the end of the day, even if someone else screws me over, my thought process is that it was my fault for letting that person do it to me in the first place. But wanting more answers, I decided to figure out exactly what was the problem so that I could find a solution and live an even better life. Enough was enough. I'd had it. After arduous contemplation, I found the problem. I was suffering because of other people and for other people. Blame game time. Rarely, almost never in fact, was I feeling pain because of my own unilateral actions. 
As a child, my suffering was caused by bullies at school who belittled me because of my skin color. At home, I suffered without even realizing it, as I had a family member that experienced depression for years. Even though the bullying ended around the age of eight, there was still pain thanks to the household situation. In latter years, a crazy girlfriend with her own issues would cause suffering. Now as an attorney, I unfortunately found suffering all around me on a daily basis with overbearing clients trying to impose their poor life decisions on me, not by simply hiring me to do legal work, but by wanting me to emotionally share in their grief. The final straw most recently was another attorney, I'm not even sure how he even has a bar license given his stupidity, who has spent his life making mistakes and yet blaming everyone else for his own incompetency and failures, desperately trying to draw innocent bystanders into his internal chaos. I call him Mr. It's Not My Fault. For someone like me, who is hypersensitive to people's energies, these things are so emotionally draining and painful that I found myself experiencing some form of suffering on a regular basis. Because it happened so gradually, I never took an opportunity to realize what was going on. As we adapt, feeling these negative emotions just became part of the job, or part of life, and I accepted it. Until now. Seriously though, what is the point in doing everything right in life if we have to suffer? There is no point. But yet, despite all of this, we often have to feel the pain due to other people not doing everything right. If someone else makes a bad decision, they try their hardest to pull people into their suffering. The really intelligent sufferers are very skilled at knowing who they can latch onto so they can actually dump their pain energy onto that person so that you suffer while they carry on on their merry way. The problem with these kinds of people is that they're unknowingly master manipulators, always trying to bring other people down to bolster themselves up. The other problem with these people is that they are always getting into problems. Rarely are their problems isolated. More often than not, if you look at their history, They've left a trail of bodies behind them and continue to do so. Poor family relationships, no close friends, ex-friends that hate their guts, co-workers that want nothing to do with them, legal troubles, you name it. And yet in their eyes, everything happened to them and none of it was their fault. The following is a dramatization only and any similarities with past or current clients are merely a coincidence. So let's have some fun and do a case study on a fictitious legal client named Melania. She's made a history of burning bridges with almost everyone she's ever met. In her bizarre mind, everything is everyone else's fault. Her husband left her because he was a jerk. Her daughter didn't want to live with her and went to live with her dad, the ex-husband. Then to top it all off, this client had voluntarily chosen not to work, not because of any disability or inability, just by choice. She hadn't worked in nine years. Finally, she had refused to pay her surprisingly small mortgage payment to the bank in something like four years. Honestly, it was a miracle the bank had let her stay in the house for that long without paying a mortgage. Despite all this, however, in her mind, everything was always everyone else's fault. Her husband divorcing her was because he was the bad guy, not because she had pushed him away with her intolerable behavior. Her own daughter leaving her was not because she was overbearing or held to live with, but because the husband brainwashed her, the daughter, into leaving. She had no friends because her friends are the crazy ones, not her. And in typical blame game fashion, her house was in foreclosure because of me. I said that right. 
she thought her house was getting foreclosed on because of me, her attorney, and not because she was too lazy to get a job and pay her mortgage. Yes, you heard that right. She hadn't made a mortgage payment in four years. The bank wanted their house back, and somehow, that was my fault, even though I had just met her. Then, as icing on the cake, even though I was the one that cleared my precious weekend schedule to prepare and file her case to save her home at her request, and even though I ultimately saved the home, and she stiffed me on my payment, she accused me of putting her into this mess. Do you think I'm leaving anything out of this story because it sounds so crazy? Nope. She was just crazy, literally. She didn't need a lawyer, she needed a psychologist and likely a psychiatrist. So what was really happening? This had nothing to do with me or her case. She was trying to make me suffer for her. Mentally, she is someone in constant pain mode or suffering mode. She tries to find people who she can vent on, who will endure her suffering for her, so that she doesn't have to. Because of my sympathetic personality, she knew right away she could target me to try to shoulder the blame of her poor life decisions or her obvious mental problems. And for one night, I suffered for her. And then I said, no more. So honestly, what's the solution? How do you stop suffering for other people? Stay away from these people. Now. Run. Don't look back. Don't reply to that text message. Block their phone number. Send their emails to the spam folders. It is your God-given right to choose who you let into your life. Practice emphatically saying no. By saying no to people's behaviors, they will learn that you won't tolerate their emotional abuse or be a receptacle to do an emotional drive-by on you and make you suffer on their behalf. There's nothing forcing you to have to listen to or take on other people's problems. Nothing. It is an illusion that you have to change if you think you have an obligation, quote-unquote, to be nice, by entertaining the things people try to impute upon you. The only one who will lose is you. Every time. Now I know what some of you are thinking. I'm being overly militant, too extreme in cutting off everyone that's going through something. What about a friend or family member going through a hard time who needs your help? You're probably thinking that you need to be there for them and support them or counsel them through a tough time. And of course you do. Let's be clear here and make the distinction as I'm not suggesting you turn your back on a child or a friend in need. Allow me to explain. There is a marked difference between someone who is trying to make you suffer with them versus someone who needs a shoulder to lean on. How does one discern the difference? I'm about to get somewhat metaphysical on you in this explanation. So here are the signs they're trying to make you suffer for them. I'm referring to the emotional terrorists. When someone is trying to make you suffer, it will be obvious now that you're starting to waken yourself to this phenomenon. For one, you'll feel it in your body when you're around someone trying to make you suffer because you'll start feeling stress, anxiety, and pain while they're venting on you. You may feel some tightness in your chest, maybe your heart races a little bit more. Your body will tense up, and you'll feel as though you're the one physically and emotionally experiencing the negativity of the problem that they're describing to you. Secondly, the conversations with these people will rarely be rational or based on any logic. As you monitor your dialogue with these people, you'll find that they are not listening to anything you're saying, but more so just engaged in a monologue with you at the other end. Another facet of these emotional drive-bys 
are that the speaker never takes any responsibility. Everything is everyone else's fault. Remember, I've been saying that a lot. Your friend John calls you to yell about getting arrested for a DUI, but he complains about how it's the bartender's fault for serving him too much alcohol, or it's the cop's fault for pulling him over. Thirdly, the people that are trying to make you suffer will often argue with you unnecessarily. Even though they called you for help, or you are their friend, they are trying to desperately start a fight with anyone they can, even if it's you. If you can get a word in edgewise, they'll start sparring and arguing with you even when you're the one offering helpful suggestions. Everything you will say will be wrong. Suddenly, you're the enemy. Now you're fighting with them in a two-hour conversation with your air steaming, and now you have a headache. Meanwhile, they're loving it. They got to you, and you're officially suffering for them. They want other people to suffer for them and with them. While listening to these people, you'll feel as though their problem is actually your problem, even though your life is going great. This is because they are purposely transferring their negative energy to you, and you are accepting it into your life. This is where the needless suffering begins. Remember I talked to you about that earlier? I promise you, suffering for someone else does not improve their situation. It only hurts you. On the other hand, you'll know if you're dealing with someone who genuinely needs advice or a shoulder to lean on during a difficult time, because when you're talking with them, you won't feel any of those negative emotions described above, such as stress or anxiety. While your friend is telling you about his girlfriend breaking up with him, there will be rationality to the discussion and a back and forth dialogue. Your body will feel relatively calm, and although you may feel sympathy or empathy, you won't feel negative emotions stewing within you. Listen to your body while you're interacting with these people. Do you tense up or feel like hanging up because you can't handle their drama? I've had so many clients over the years in my legal practice that I can't count how many times I've wanted to throw my phone into the ocean to escape the drama these people were spewing on me, even though I was the one helping them. But yet, there I stayed with my phone glued to my ear, feeling obliged to listen and absorb, my hands sometimes shaking, and my body feeling the effects of their private hell because I let myself be the easy target. The only one that was losing was me. So back to what I brought up earlier. What about family and friends? So what do you do if the offender is someone very close to you, whom you have a moral duty or obligation? Certainly you can't just turn your back on them. I'm here to tell you that while you may not want to turn your back on them, you can still say no to the way they behave so that you can put them in a position that they can help themselves. By saying no to certain behavior, something interesting happens with these people, at least with how they treat you. They become more obedient and respectful of you. Instead of them conditioning you to absorb their hell, you actually condition them as to what your barriers are and what you will tolerate. Remember, this is your life, so you set the boundaries. Don't let somebody else tell you where your boundaries are. People will ultimately treat you as bad as you let them. When someone is acting crazy around you, walk away. Don't be afraid to tell them they're acting irrationally. Now it's your turn to make it a monologue instead of a dialogue. I've often found treating people as they treat you often confuses them and takes them off course. Let them know in no uncertain terms you'd love to help them out, but that you're not interested in talking with them until they calm down. Remember though, these people often want to fight anyone, so do not let them use your statements as an invitation to debate. As an example, after telling your friend to calm down, he replies, How can you say that? Don't ever say that to me. I'm totally calm. I'm just getting screwed over by everyone and the world is against me. 
How dare you say I'm acting irrationally? I'm going through a tough time and my life is hell and you'd never understand. You're such an asshole. Now, your reply should never be to justify your remarks or to debate whether he's really acting irrationally. In doing this, he or she is desperately trying to draw you in. Don't fall for it. Walk away. You can simply tell them you're not able to speak with them right now and that maybe you can talk later. If you engage with them, it will never end, I assure you. But by taking control of the situation and saying no in whatever manner you can, you will gain respect. When they do communicate with you later, you will hopefully find that they will be more respectful and calm so that you can actually have them in a good debate and put them in a position where they can now receive your help instead of giving you their problems and suffering. And that is how you help someone to whom you have some sort of moral obligation. Now, this is going to take practice for all of us, but I am confident that this will absolutely improve the quality of your life over the short and long run. If you look back on your life and find that the pain and suffering you've endured has been at the hands of others, or because of other people's problems and not yours, then you need to take action now. Every time you feel stress, you're affecting your health and your long-term survival. A big problem that I had, and that perhaps many of you people-pleasers have, is that we're afraid to say no. We don't walk away when we want to walk away. We don't hang up the phone when we probably should, staying on the line as though we're magically tethered by some imaginary cord. We are so worried about what the other person may think, even though they are damaging us, that we wait for their storm to end so that they don't feel insulted. Basically, this comes down to self-worth, because you're putting the needs of someone else above yours with absolutely no benefit to you. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say very carefully. No one has a gun to your head. No one is forcing you to absorb their suffering. No one should be able to force you to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Are you worried a sufferer is going to sue you because you didn't feel like putting up with their nonsense? You shouldn't be. If you say no and turn your back on someone or hang up a telephone to preserve your sanity, are you worried that person will never speak to you again? If that is how they would behave, then you don't want someone like that in your life in the first place. Clear out the clutter and filter these people from your life. At the end of the day, it is you and you alone that has to take responsibility for your own life. Other people shouldn't be controlling whether they can come in and out of your life. It is you that should be deciding who you let in and who goes out. It's not your home that is your castle. It is your mind that is your castle. Your mind should be a peaceful sanctuary and in that regard, your peace of mind is your actual castle. Allowing others to be emotional terrorists in your life is absolutely no different than letting someone break into your house and ransack it while you just sit on the sofa patiently waiting for them to leave so you can pick up the pieces afterwards. Stop paying for other people's mistakes and problems by suffering. Once you let an emotional terrorist in, they'll keep coming back to you as long as you put up with it and their behavior usually gets worse and worse and worse. There is no time like the present to make these changes in your life. For me, I'm now diligently practicing what I'm preaching to you. I completely ignore certain people that tried so desperately to get under my skin and make me feel their pain. Because I've blocked them from my life via phone, email, and even social media, they can no longer access me if they tried. Since I've done so, I've felt more peace than I have in years. Much of that peace also comes from my increasing confidence in saying no to people without concern for what they may think. While it certainly infuriates that select few, I'm proud to say that I couldn't care less. For others, like the lady facing the foreclosure, because I've made it quite clear that she cannot communicate with me unless she is willing to speak in a civil man manner, 
and take responsibility for her own actions, she has now miraculously become extremely humble and respectful when she does contact me. Believe me, certain people want so desperately for you to lower yourself to the dirt in which they lay, as they want you to get dirty with them. It is my responsibility to make sure I stay high level in all aspects of my life. For your own prosperity, it is also your responsibility. Next time you feel anything negative or feel any sort of suffering, ask yourself who caused it. If it was by your own doing, that's one thing. Deal with it. Learn from it. But if on the other hand, you find your conflicts are born because of other people, now is the time to cut them out of your life. This is your life. So don't let other people live your life on their terms. After all, what's the point of doing things right in life if you're going to end up suffering from other people's wrongs? Thank you for listening to our latest episode of Everglow. Check us out online at neilbartia.com, N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A.com for more blog articles and latest episodes. Leave any comments and likes below and we're happy to answer. Thank you for listening and see you next time.